This is nature's wilderness, the stage for a dramatic story of conflict, a struggle for survival. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. This week, we're going to be talking about the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, who play in Springdale, Arkansas. Later on in this episode, we'll be talking to the guys from Torch Creative, that's Mike Thurman and Brad Bishop. I'll be talking with Jay Schneider from Arkansas State Parks. And of course, Dan Simon of Studio Simon will be back with one of his Studio Simon Stumpers. Right now, I am so pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, Justin Cole. Justin, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Great. Happy to be here. This is a, a a fun brand for me to talk to you about right now, just because it, you all have been in the news. Uh, so we'll get to, you know, why the team's called what it's called. And, you know, we'll get into the whole baseball by design thing here. But let's start with this, this rebrand. It's been really well received online. As I just mentioned, we'll be speaking with Brad and Mike from Torch Creative about the, the work that they did from a design perspective. But from a team perspective, you've been with the team since before they were the Naturals, which uh, was uh, 2008 was the first season for, for the Naturals. What went into this decision to update this brand for the first time since 2008? Yeah, I mean, we had talked a little bit about it probably after our 10th season. Um, not that we wanted to do it then, but, you know, what would the timeline even look like? We had actually started to really look at it seriously after the 2019 season. Um, clearly, 2020 presented its own challenges for the world. So we kind of had tabled it. And then the timelines kind of that were sent out for Major League Baseball indicated, you know, you got to have about an 18 to two year run on this so you can do it right. And when we saw that, it was like, you know what? I like that so we can do it right. So let's get this process started. So really, we got we got going right after opening day 2021 and realized, you know, if we're going to chart the course for the next, you know, 15, 18, 20 years, uh, if we want to do it in 23, 24, 25, 26 seasons, we, we can't sit on our hands. We need to get going. So it was a lot of those factors, but really it just came down to we got a lot of great use, good feedback, good affinity with our current brand. And it just was like, what what's the next step? You know, how do we maintain that? you know, affinity, but update it, refresh it, and and really just the chart kind of a new course here as we as we operate the next, you know, 16, 17, 18 years. You're segueing right into one of the questions that I had. It's sort of an obvious question. There's a lot of wackiness in minor league baseball. There's a lot of sort of a, a attention grabbing out there with with fun, wacky logos, right? And I, you know, I love them, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's not, I'm, I'm not casting aspersions in any way. The name, North Northwest Arkansas Naturals, you know, is, is not wacky uh, in any regard. Right. And we'll talk about, you know, where that, where that name comes from, but when you knew that you were going to change the brand, was there any part of the conversation that involved changing the name as well? We did talk about it a little bit initially of, you know, do we, uh, you know, blow it up, let's just mm -hmm. start from square one, or do we look at a refresh or do we look at just a different way of branding ourselves as the naturals? And we kept coming back to, you know, the community has received us very well. Um, we still get very strong support. Um, there's a lot of affinity for our, our marks and our logo. We still have good merchandise sales in the market. Um, it seems like people enjoy the brand. We kept coming back to that. And, you know, the other thing I always look at is the market we operate in. The University of Arkansas is here and there's great tradition, you know, with their athletic programs, with the Razorbacks. 
you know, we have not been around near as long and established that long of a tradition, but we felt that was important too. is establish a tradition in this community. Let's not change our name. Let's just, you know, tweak it, find a new way to have some fun with it. And that's what really kept us on the track of not wanting to, to change the name. We do some theme weekends and have some fun with that, but we really felt it was important to stay consistent in some of those areas. Yeah. I mean, the consistent features are, you know, the old logo had the waterfall it had the natural scene and it plays off the natural beauty of the the state of arkansas this logo is also a landscape and the colors are are similar but not identical but after that it's pretty different feeling visually what what charge did you give to torch creative in terms of here's what we want this new brand to be yeah, I mean, when we met internally, I have some key staff that have been with with me and this team for, for a very long time, you know, dating back to our first season, second season, um, one of whom worked with me in Wichita prior to relocating here. So I kind of started with our core group. We put together a list, kind of widened that net a little bit, widened it a little bit more. What we really came down to was, you know, we wanted something that was a little more vibrant. You know, over the years, as, as I'm sure you know, versatility is such a big key with your branding, especially in minor league baseball, but across, you know, whatever sports or events you're in. And we lack that a little bit. You know, I love our old logos. I love that we were able to do with them, but we didn't quite have that versatility that you want to see. And that leads into variety as well. You know, you can be a little more nimble with your uniform, your cap selection, what you see on the field, what you see off the field, what we can do with our brand. Those were kind of the main really broad areas we focused in really the other specific one was and really one of the main reasons besides meeting with them and really you know enjoying what they were presenting to us but when we saw what um what torch they were able to do for the midland rockhounds that was really what we were looking to do uh midland um, has a great brand you know rocky the rockhound and they're operating our league and they did i would say a similar update to their brand they did not change their name they didn't lose their mascot but they took a, a good brand and they kind of modernized it, added variety. And I just loved what they did. And that's what kind of, I think, created that partnership for us with Torch as well, was we kind of had a similar vision and we had a similar path we wanted to venture down. It's funny that you brought up Midland because I, as soon as I saw that it was Torch that had done this, you know, they, they don't necessarily do a ton of work in minor league baseball, but you know, the, you know, most recently they were in the news for that rebrand that they did with Midland. And similarly, very well received. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, they, they obviously have a, a, a great track record in, in that regard. We'll get back to some of the uh, versatility of the new brand and some of the alternate logos in there, because uh, that dovetails with some of the other things I want to talk about. But before we do, I, I just wanted to ask you about the, the name itself. You were with the team uh, when they moved, uh, as you said, from Wichita to Northwest Arkansas between the 2007 and 2008 season. What were the conversations that led to the team being called the Naturals? How come this team is called the Northwest Arkansas Naturals? Yeah, I mean, I honestly was still in Wichita, um, so I wasn't working remotely. But my our old general manager, Eric Edelstein, he's the president of the Reno Aces. Um, Eric was my boss when I was an intern in Buffalo. He was my boss in Wichita, and he was the general manager when I moved here. I was the assistant GM the first uh, five and a half seasons with the Naturals. So I stayed kind of behind in Wichita, helped transition the franchise out of there. But Eric would kind of keep me in the loop on kind of everything because I told him all along, yeah, my intention would be to come there and continue to work with you. 
So I knew early on that one of the debates was, you know, is it Springdale? Is it Northwest Arkansas? And I think it was important that it was a regional entity that it can appeal to the entire area, Northwest Arkansas, Southeast Missouri, North, uh, Northeast Oklahoma, Southwest Missouri, excuse me. And I think, you know, I honestly didn't know much about the state of Arkansas. I'm not from here. I'm from Western New York. Um, I'd visited a couple times. I came here to see the site the ballpark would be on. Uh, but I knew when they were soliciting the name, the team contest, Eric had shared with me the top, I, it was like five, six, seven. Um, and then they kind of narrowed that down, got some more feedback, feedback from our ownership, from stakeholders, you name it. And I know the final two were North Naturals and Thunder Chickens. Um, we obviously went with Naturals. It fits the natural state. I think it really fit the vision, you know, when I know that they started to look at, you know, what do we want this franchise to be? You know, you had the movie, The Natural as well. There's some indirect, direct ties with our ownership that was filmed in Buffalo, New York. So I think you just kind of threw all that into the into the stew, and it was like this is going to fit what we want to be. Um, we felt it was a strong name, and we could establish a strong brand with it. And I was excited at that point. Again, I was still in Wichita, but when I got to see some of the initial, you know, sketches and drawings for what the Naturals would become back then, I remember having the same feeling of excitement and can't wait for people to see this. Um, and that's really what kind of led to it, led to it happening. And then they unveiled it, I think it was June or July of 2007, and, and we were off and running. So you mentioned the name of the team contest. You mentioned the Thunder Chickens. Obviously, there's a connection to Tyson Foods, Tyson Industries, Tyson something, Tyson Chicken, which is headquartered in in Springdale. There was a, uh, you know, there was a, a a soul check moment, I guess, for this team to say, okay, we're going to go with something that plays off the natural beauty of Arkansas, the natural state, or we're going to go with a cartoon chicken. And, you know, there, that's a whole ethos, right. You know, and it's, and, and there's a divide in minor league baseball, you know, between this, the more serious and the, and the more silly names as an organization, why, why do you feel it's important that this, this team went with the, with the serious approach rather than the wacky approach? I think it just fit our, our mode of, you know, tradition long-term, not that you can't have that. I think there's some wonderful tradition in minor league baseball. For us, it just seemed to fit with what we wanted to be, the natural state and all those things, you know, the the imagery, the beauty of Northwest Arkansas, you know, I, the way the ballpark was being constructed, it just seemed to fit so perfectly um, with everything that was going into the project. I also think, you know, that tradition was important, even though we had not yet even played a game, um, just, you know, getting the feel for the market and, you know, the passion for the high schools, Springdale High, Harbor High um, was coming online back then, uh, University of Arkansas, you know, Bentonville, Rogers, just the tradition that was in this area. We felt that we wanted to establish that same thing. And again, you can establish it with either one. We kind of kept it in our back pocket, though, knowing that theme nights, we're still going to have some fun. We're still going to introduce some some fun and maybe wackier branding. And we've been able to do that on some of our theme weekends. But the Naturals has stayed the through line of everything. And we felt it was important to kind of keep that there as we proceed. And, you know, you mentioned theme nights. You all did, well, at least one. You did more than one. Uh, what might have been night uh, and played as the Thunder Chickens. You introduced the alternate brand of the Growlin Chickens. And I said that we would get back to some of these alternate marks that uh, appear in the in the new brand. There is a a very sophisticated illustrative rooster alternate mark in the in the new suite of logos. You know, obviously the Thunder Chickens and the Growlin Chickens. Uh, you know, those two those two nicknames and those two logos 
are a lot sillier than the new rooster alternate mark in the new suite. How, you know, how has that been received the, when you, when you did the, what might've been night or the, the growl and chickens brand, how have those been received? They've gone over really well. Um, they're still very popular. The merchandise is popular. Those events remain popular for us. We're doing a growl and chickens weekend this year in July. Again, um, we've incorporated that into our in-game promotions. We have a poultry derby, um, some oversized costumes like you'd see with the you know president's race in DC, the, the brat races they do in Milwaukee incorporated similar imagery to that. Um, and I think when we looked at this initially, it was, the poultry industry is very important to this history of this region. Tyson's world headquarters is just, you know, three, four miles uh, east of the ballpark. When we initially went in, it was, we don't want that as part of the rebrand, not for any negative reason. We wanted to keep that as a theme, but when Brad and Mike came back with a bunch of sketches, we saw some imagery in there that we really liked. And it was like, you know, let's kind of keep that off to the side, but we're interested in exploring that. And that's what, Again, and when they came back with their second iteration, and it was close to what you see on our BP cap right now, the batting practice cap with that rooster emblem, the red cap with the blue bill, we were like, that's got to stay. You know, it's just, it, it fits. We love it. And I do think, you know, you're going to see that work its way in um, in some future iteration. So I, I like that we have that now to use if we choose to with our official collection. Um, and it gives us some versatility with our theme nights now as well. We just felt it was a really great connector and, and they, they, they knocked it out of the park with that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's a, I think it's a great one too. And it's probably, I mean, this speaks to, you know, my sensibilities as a minor league baseball fan. That's probably the one I would get on a hat. Were I to return to Northwest Arkansas, I've been to a game as part of our uh, baseball Palooza trip. I do want to remark when we went to that game, possibly the single largest Sunday helmet I've ever had at a baseball game. They, uh, they do not skimp on, on the sur soft serve ice cream in the, uh, in the ice cream helmet there. So I appreciated that, but beautiful ballpark, a great experience for our baseball Palooza gang a couple of years ago. So we're talking about the, the alternate marks that exist with the new suite. One of them, which was as they did with Midland torch came up with some, some, completely new identities uh, or completely new marks that were not part of, of the previous brand with this one, the, uh, the so-called helicopter seed, which is, you know, I grew up in the Northeast. I grew up near Philadelphia and I'm, I'm well familiar with uh, all the things one could do with a helicopter seed as a, as a kid playing out in nature. Right. So what was the impetus behind the helicopter seed logo? And, you know, why is that important to, to include in a, for a team called the naturals. I honestly, it was the same kind of thing. It was among some sketches and I'll admit for me, it didn't jump out at first. Um, but there were some people on the staff that were like, I really think that's kind of cool. Like, I think there could be some fun elements to that. So I was like, let's keep it then. And let's just, again, let's see how these develop and let's see where it goes. And the process they undertook, I really enjoyed too. You know, you get your sketches, you get another round of sketches. They didn't add color until later. And I like that because it allowed us to focus really much on the elements. And I think that was the other side of it is, you know, one of the challenges we do have as the naturals is, you know, that isn't a, a thunder chicken. You know, there's not an obvious mascot. You know, that was some of the initial discussions. What is our mascot going to be? We kind of chose the mythical realm with a Sasquatch and we have a lake monster. Um, we went that route with the nature mythology uh, vibe. Um, and I think that's what I really enjoyed was this was kind of a fun play on naturals in nature that I had never even considered. 
kind of like I mentioned with the rooster, we're going to be able to have some fun with that over time um, and how we work that into some branding and other elements that we do. Well, I have to say, just as, as, as a consumer of this logo, right, like it absolutely brought me back to being a kid playing in nature, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough that, you know, we, I had an Atari 2600. So, you know, we didn't, we weren't on our phones and screens, not because we wouldn't have been, but just because they weren't available in the same way. And so we played a lot outside, we played in nature. And like, I just remember, you know, the ground being sort of covered with these things. And, you know, you'd, you'd flick them to spin them around, you would try to catch them when they were falling, you know, sometimes you'd split them open and put them on the end of your nose or your ears or whatever. And so like, it absolutely just brought back this like nostalgia of being a kid growing up playing in nature. So, uh, you know, it's that that was a fun surprise for me in this this new suite of logos. One of the other questions I wanted to ask you is that this team has had a strong visual relationship with its parent club. And you've been a, a an affiliate of the Kansas City Royals uh, since the, you know, the team has been in, in Northwest Arkansas. You know, several versions of the in the previous suite of logos had the actual crown on it. So there's a strong relationship there. I didn't see as much in the way of specific literal connections to the Royals uh, with this suite of logos. What was the thinking in terms of, you know, the relationship between the Naturals visual brand and the Royals visual brand? I think some of it came down to, I know initially it was important to establish our brand, but also that connection, you know, why are, who are we? Kansas City Royals as our affiliate, what does that mean? You know, and I think as we relocated into this area, having some of those overt direct ties in our branding was important to just visually connect the dots. And then obviously we had to tell that story over time of these players coming through are the ones that you're going to see in Kansas City and we hope have great careers. So I think, you know, we felt that that work is never done, but some of that was established pretty well. So it wasn't a key priority for us moving forward. We're still have a Royals patch on our road Jersey. Um, you know, I, would I say we would never incorporate things like that again? Absolutely not. I think, you know, I love their brand. I could see there being some winks and nods over time that we introduced back in, but I know initially that that more overt imagery was important. And we kind of felt now going into year 17, we don't maybe need that. And we can, that can be one of the differentiations we go with as well as, you know, as we lean into some of these new, you know, designs and methods that didn't become a key priority that we kind of, I guess, tasked Torch and Mike and Brad with. So this is this is near and dear to my heart here. Uh, I've got, you can't see it right now, but through that door, I've got about 450 ice cream helmets uh, from minor league teams, you know, obviously multiples from from some teams. I've got a couple from the naturals out there. You've got 13 different marks. I'm curious to know, are there going to be helmets with the new logo? What color will the helmets be and what logo is going to go on them? I have to talk with our food service group. I imagine they'll still be Navy, uh, but I think we're going to have that primary cap logo on there, that end with kind of the yellow sunset, the baseball on the top left. That's what I envision. That's what I know we're going to look for for the on-field helmets. So we need to try to match those up. But that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I've not had that conversation with them yet. I've shared the logos, but that would be our hope. It's going to be one of those ends, but I'm, I'm hopeful it'll be that one that you see on the home cap. Well, I look forward to seeing that ice cream helmet in the near future. In the meantime, Justin, thank you so much. This has been uh, so much fun to talk with you about this new brand and this well-established team name. Where can people find you online, you and the and the team? Yeah, nwanaturals.com. Um, our, Dustin on our, on our staff did a great 
uh, web page telling the kind of this brand story and and in detail. It shows all the imagery as well, so you can stop there if you want to learn a little bit more. Um, and yeah, opening day is uh, April fifth. We can't wait for it to get here and see all this in action. Justin, thank you so much. This has been uh, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much, and congratulations again on the uh, successful rebrand. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm so pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Brad Bishop and Mike Thurman from Torch Creative. You all are responsible for the the new look for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, and it's been really well received out there. What is it about this look, do you think, that caused it to avoid that like initial negative reaction that you so often see in, in rebrands? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because you really never know how to gauge the public reaction. I will say the, the, the team that we worked with at the Naturals were, they were great. They were completely open to any and all ideas. They didn't, they didn't tell us out of the gate, hey, we just want an update. They said, clean slate, whatever you guys want to do. And we, we had tons of concepts, a lot of you know, completely different type things. And, you know, they pretty, pretty quick kind of identified what they liked and what they wanted to move forward with. We just explored a lot of things and they were really drawn to the, obviously the shape of the state. Um, they were drawn to some of the identifiers where we kind of subtly showed where, hey, Northwest Arkansas. Um, and they were, you know, they were really drawn to the real nature, natural stuff. Um, I can't tell you how many different trees I looked at native to Arkansas, that Arkansas white pine is really the basis for the trees, even though there's all kinds of different trees, because that's the one that kind of grows in a more of a pointed um, kind of look like your traditional pine tree. It was a lot like the, the rock hounds in that they didn't want to brand, they weren't rebranding necessarily. Like we weren't coming out with a new name for the team or anything like that. The name stuck. So much like the rock hounds, we wanted to tap into kind of some existing thematics, you know, and I think because we were able to do that and rework them, you know, hopefully in a way that was was pleasing. Um, it wasn't a big leap, I guess is what I'm saying. And I don't think they wanted um, something real kind of crazy off the wall, you know, approach. They wanted to kind of skirt the um, kind of professional look and the minor league look. And we did try, you know, we did try some Sasquatch because their their mascot is a you know is a Bigfoot. We did try to to come up with some concepts there. Uh, I just think that they leaned honestly more towards the the scenic aspect of the project. You mentioned the uh, the Midland Rockhounds. That is another project that you all were responsible for relatively recently, the last year or two, uh, where where Midland refreshed i guess i think that's the word they were using they refreshed their brand and it was really very well received right like they kept rocky the rockhound and the the overall sort of aesthetic of the of the brand but you cleaned it up and made it more contemporary and added some additional marks to to their suite you did very much the same thing i think with with this brand where you introduced a couple of marks that were you know there was no corollary in their previous suite of of marks I've already talked about, I really, really like the helicopter seed one. It brings me back to my childhood. And then obviously the 
you worked the the rooster in in a very sort of serious way, right? Like it's a aesthetically, it's a you know a, a refined look. It's not the growling chickens or the thunder chickens, right? Like it's a it's a real re- refined version of that rooster. I'm I'm dying to know the the origin of the the helicopter seed. Whose idea was that, and you know how did that end up in the suite of logos? Yeah, that was that was me. Uh, I just you know again when when we dive into projects, we just try to find any kind of iconography or anything that uh, pertains to the project. Like I said, we worked on Bigfoot. We you know we worked from anything from Bigfoot to to uh, trees and creeks and you know anything um and the maple sea <laughs> the maple helicopter seeds they're 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 prominent around here in texas as well uh you know i used to love to your point i used to love throwing them up in the air and watching them spin and i thought you know what the the ball as the seed itself with the wing on there it, it kind of worked at least for me it worked twofold because obviously it's the seed itself um but the wing kind of gives it this sort of speed aspect to it um, not too dissimilar from the the Detroit Red Wings, you know that kind of thinking, uh, and I and it just it kind of hit home. So they they really they liked it, and I think it's a you know by no means that I think at the time that it was a primary logo, but I I thought it would be a nice support marking. And then the 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 rooster, I mean, I think the the rooster's fun because it sort of makes sense to have something chicken related in their primary mark, but it's the first time that's existed in their primary mark. So to to introduce you know, one of eight secondary marks is this, you know, highly refined stylized rooster. How come it was important to you to to introduce that chicken as, or I guess that rooster as, as part of this identity? We, we talked to them when we went up there and met with them and we're just kind of brainstorming on, um, you know, things that they had kind of thought about. Um, the, a rooster aspect was one of those things to possibly consider for their Hispanic heritage nights they had a um, a rooster or chicken around that it, you know it was based around a, a rooster concept so there was kind of multiple tie-ins and having a, a rooster made sense it just made sense it's one of those situations where i know that uh, you know internally when we do our concepts uh you know we'll both kind of just go off into our own little separate worlds and then come back together to review um, and I knew the second I saw that one, I'm like, that one's going to be, you know, you just know sometimes you go, yep, that's the one. And, and, and I knew it wasn't going to be the primary, but I, I knew there was no doubt they were going to include it in the suite. This project was so much fun because there wasn't really any specific direction when we started sketching, which is what we love. I mean, Mike and I, we had I, I can't remember how many concepts we presented, but there was a ton, and it was a lot of fun. I'm curious about the use of color here. I know that they they came into this project with the brand that they've been using since 2008 with a, a certain color palette already established, and you made it brighter, more contemporary. I'm curious to know what the discussions were in terms of staying true to this color palette while assigning those colors to elements in a landscape that they might not necessarily be assigned to, right? Like you've got the Blue River, obviously, but then sure. you have this this red mountain, and then you've got the 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 Cyan Mountain, the the lighter blue mountain, and a yellow sky. 
you know, not not necessarily intuitive decisions about the colors, but they obviously work because they're the they're the color palette of the team. How much of a conversation was there about the colors you might expect to appear in a landscape like that versus staying true to the the, the palette that you're trying to work within? Yeah, well, the the main the main thing that we mentioned to them when we when we kind of jumped started getting into the computer phase and color exploration was they had zero contrast between their original colors. Mm -hmm. That darker red and that darker blue was a horrible combination. And we were kind of staying away from the, the that yellowish gold color that they have. But the ownership group really loves that gold color. Um, so they wanted to keep that in there. And a matter of fact, this is the first time they've ever had a, uh, a gold cap in their um, uniform uniform. I really want to see them do a yellow ice cream helmet with uh, with that gold color there. Be cool. That'd be, be totally awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can say the previous colors were a little bit challenging um, in that, you know, we always like to have, honestly, the, the one of the secrets of Torch is we like to have three degrees of separation, basically. So you have a really dark uh, base value. You've got a really light, uh, high value. And then you've got something that falls in between. So... You know, we did play experiment with a few colors. We start obviously we started with their existing palette and said, okay, what can we push? You know, as value wise, uh, I think the gold is the perfect example. I mean, their their previous gold was so dark and muted that you know we thought, hey, let's just bump that up big time to the higher end of the spectrum, uh, the value spectrum, and it should work. Um, and then as far as coloring the elements, uh, that that was all Brad. I mean, he did a great job. He experimented a lot. Uh, you know, because that was a challenge. I mean, you brought it up. It was like, okay, well, is the sky red? Is the sky gold? Is the sky the lighter blue? But then if you do the lighter blue, then you've got a yellow river, and that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> the hardest thing was showing the trees as the silhouette. So, you know, you had to change the color behind there. It couldn't be, the mountains couldn't be the dark blue because then you wouldn't see the trees. Um, so then if we had, I remember we had the, the river, the light blue, and when you made the sky the light blue, it looked like it was the ocean. It looked mm. like the river was running down and that was the ocean in the background. Mm. Uh, and it was just the weirdest thing. So finally, we, we started, literally had, I don't know how many different versions of colors and they were like, that's it. That's the one right there. I know that the, the baseball in the, in the primary logo in the outline of the state of Arkansas the baseball is in the top left or the northwest. It's also meant to, you know, evoke the sun either. Oh, is that sun rising or setting? Setting. Setting. Okay. Because of the direction you're looking, right? Setting the, okay. Yep. Setting in the west. Yep. Okay. So that's, I don't know if that counts as an Easter egg or not, because it's, I think it's pretty evident that that baseball is in the northwest of, of Arkansas there. Are there any other... I don't know about Easter eggs is sort of a goofy expression, but are there any other sort of uh, winks and nods that might not be totally evident uh, at first glance to the, to the casual viewer? Well, yeah, you, you kind of have to zoom in a little bit, but the, the red threads on the baseball are leaves. Oh yeah. So it's, you got to kind of get a little closer to see it. Yeah, oh see yeah. It. yeah. Look at that. Oh, that's great. That's I'm glad I asked the question. And then, of course, we did a completely custom font for them as well. Well, I was, that was going to be my last question for you. So you've, you've segued into that for me here. This, uh, I would describe the typeface that you created for the naturals as lightly serifed. So it's not a real heavy serif, but it's obviously not a sans serif. 
what what was your thinking in creating this sort of all caps custom lightly serifed font in in most any type of of rebrand or brand refresh we always try to lock in on a letter form when we were sketching they really locked in on this letter form that main in then turned into the word naturals which then turned into the full font set I have to say, I noticed as well when we were zooming around in there on uh, on Brad's screen that the there are a couple of marks where you have that letter N serving as the the frame for this this scene, and in the top left, once again, uh, instead of the baseball as as uh, sun, you have maybe like a north star or a northwest star in the top left corner of that that logo. Again, referencing northwest. By the way, well, this is a complete aside here, but one of my favorite now defunct logos was for Northwest Airlines. They yeah. used to have a logo where they had like one character that was sort of an N and a W at the same time. And the top left corner of the W was separated. And the way they sort of separated the top left section of that W off, it looked like a compass pointing north and west. So I always thought that that was very clever. And it also yeah. made the W. Right. It made the W, yeah. it made the letter yeah. N, and it made a compass pointing north and west, which I, I always loved. It was It's always like, you know, that conversation that starts with the arrow and the FedEx logo and the like the one person in the room who's never seen it before, right? Like, and then you're like, well, here's all these other things. Baskin Robbins has a 31 in it, that sort of thing. And that's one of those things that we get, we get clients a lot that will say, hey, can you work in some Easter eggs? And, uh-huh. and our, our philosophy, if you will, is to say, if, if they can flow naturally, like the NW that you were referencing for Northwest Airlines, if it happens naturally, then awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a big fan of forced Easter eggs because mm-hmm. I think it 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 almost cheapens the design a little bit. Right. Um, but when it works, it it's great. It's always yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the classic example in the sports world is the Hartford Whalers, right? Like everyone always points to that one as the 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 classic yeah. use of counterform i don't like to use the phrase negative space it feels too pessimistic to me but uh so i use <laughs> counterform instead of negative space nice. i like it i like it <laughs> brad and mike this has been so much fun i appreciate you guys hopping back on the the podcast again where can people find your work sure yeah well you can visit our website torchcreative.com um we are you can follow the links there or go to instagram or torch underscore creative on instagram um and of course at torch underscore creative on twitter Fantastic. Thank you both so much. And uh, we'll talk to you next time you work on a cool minor league baseball project like this one. Paul, we can't thank you enough, really. Uh, Always nice talking to you. I want to wish you and everyone out there happy holidays. Thanks, Paul. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I am so pleased to welcome to Baseball by Design for the first time, my friend, Jay Schneider, who is the assistant superintendent for Hobbs State Park with Arkansas State Parks in Arkansas. Jay Schneider, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Paul. Thanks for having me. I've already said this once on this podcast, uh, but I'll say it because you were there to share the moment with me. We have been to a Northwest Arkansas Naturals baseball game where I partook, and I believe you did too, in the largest ice cream helmet you have ever seen squeezed into a little miniature plastic helmet. It was incredible, like how much ice cream they put in this thing. They pile them high, you bet. (laughs) We're here right now talking with you because you are uh, with Arkansas State Parks. There is no better person in my mind to attest to the natural beauty of the state of Arkansas, which is, of course, is the, the source of the name 
the naturals. So if you would, why is Arkansas the natural state? Why is the naturals a great name for a baseball team? Well, the, the, uh, Home field is in Washington County, which is in the northwest part of Arkansas, which is in the Ozarks. So what a great place to have a baseball team in the natural state. So just real briefly, the natural state was named that because of the tourism and all the natural beauty of Arkansas. So seven distinct geographic regions ranging from plateaus to mountains to plains, um, Gulf Coastal Plains, and even uh, the Delta. And we have 52 state parks. Um the first national river, the Buffalo River uh, in Arkansas, we have two national forests and millions of acres of public land. And it is just fascinating. I've lived in this state for over 20 years now and I'm so happy to call it my home. And uh, of course, we could get into the General Assembly of Arkansas and when they officially adopted the title, if you'd like. I did a little research this morning for you. Yeah, let's have it. When did they adopt the title, the natural state? So... Um, Let's, let's do a little background first. So uh, so it had some early names, uh, even the Bear State, the Toothpick State, um, even uh, the word Rackensack was uh, associated with Arkansas. Not necessarily in the legal form, but just in you know doing some uh, research in the Encyclopedia of Arkansas. Definitely got to quote my source here. So, excuse me, in 1953, uh, the General Assembly voted to call us the Land of Opportunity which changed from the 30s, the wonder state. Mm. So always looking at tourism, bringing folks in and the wondrous things of nature in Arkansas. So that's the wonder state, the land of opportunity. And then the 80s, uh, my department, Parks and Tourism, started using the term the natural state. And finally, in 1995, not that long ago, it changed uh, through Act 1352, to make it officially called the natural state. So it was only 13 years after the General Assembly adopted the, the nickname, the natural state, that the Northwest Arkansas Naturals debuted. I didn't realize that. I thought it had been the natural state for a long, long time. I wish I had known more about this toothpick state thing because you know these teams are always doing alternate identities. The, the Northwest Arkansas toothpicks or just the Arkansas toothpicks I hope they're listening right now because that's going to be a great alternate identity someday. I agree. And you, again, you can find that on the Encyclopedia of Arkansas. I did not make that up. <laughs> Do you know why? Why were they the Toothpick State? It did not give a lot of information on that. The Toothpick State referenced the early custom of men carrying large sheath or belt knives, often called double-edged dirks or dabbers, the Arkansas Toothpick. Uh -huh, so like like the Bowie knife, the Arkansas Toothpick, that's where the term comes from. All right, so I love it. They can have a uh, you know a weapon on their hat if they so choose. May not be uh, politically correct in this time, but so this this logo that they have here, uh, you're wearing it on your T-shirt right now. You've got the uh, the old logo because that would have been pretty quick if you had gotten the new one already. But the store um, is open and available for purchase. I just haven't made it there. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, we're talking just like minutes from your house, right? Like you could walk the dog there. Almost, it's about yeah. a twenty minute drive. So not bad at all. Okay, that would be a long walk for a dog. Yeah, but my dog might do it though. She's pretty tough. But what a great, you know, you and I went there with some some other friends of yours on your baseball Palooza tour. I'm sure you've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. um, and what a great way to spend an afternoon or an evening, you know, and for great family entertainment. 
I love going there. That is my go-to. If I'm not at a state park or out in the natural world, uh, that is my second choice always. We're still outside. We're still enjoying uh, camaraderie, family time. You know, there's always something going on between animals, which is so fun for the family. And uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention I do like that they now have a timer because at times in the past they got a little long-winded and the games end up lasting three or four hours. <laughs> so I appreciate them being cognizant of families needing to go home and put the kids to bed. But uh, love the stadium, love the atmosphere, love the reasonable prices, and love the great food and beer they have. It was uh, – I remember – if I remember, I was just like, no, 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 Jay, the, the ticket's on me. You just come show up, hang out with us. And it was like a $7 ticket, right? Like, <laughs> it's pretty right. nice. Right. $5 yeah, but... if you want to be on the berm and uh, sponsored by, I think, Zyrtec last year. You know, what a great <laughs> – great way to advertise that it really was you know and it's it's a very nice ballpark in particular and it's uh you know it's not certainly not an urban setting it's certainly out there in the the natural surroundings of northwest arkansas's nature the um i want to talk about the logo in specific here because the, you're wearing the the old one and it features uh the the arkansas landscape it features a, a waterfall and a river and and some mountains are they referencing something specific because we still have the river and we still have a certain kind of tree and we've got the mountains is there is there something specific being referenced with the kind of tree those specific mountains that river etc so you've got the uh ozark plateau which is in this area of the ozarks hence the name uh they're definitely referencing the the land form there with the ozarks and uh, south of here is the washita uh national forest and washita mountains uh the state tree is a short-leaf pine so definitely uh are bringing that element in and of course, the uh, the amazing sky here, they definitely got that uh, notice as well. And then some of their early logos, I think it's on this shirt here, had a waterfall. And if you're here when it's raining, there are waterfalls everywhere hmm. because of the landform, the changes in topography. So they brought that all into the original and they're still uh, bringing that forth in the new new logo course. So, you know, they have this, um, you know, Thunder Chickens was the second place finisher in the Name the Team contest. They have this alternate identity, the Growling Chickens. And of course, in this new suite of logos, we we've talked about this on this episode where there is a uh, a little uh, rooster as one of the the elements of the primary identity. So I'm curious to know from you as a as a sports fan and a, a baseball fan in particular, and a resident, you know, as we said, you know, you're 20 minutes from from the ballpark. This team made the decision consciously to go with a more sort of serious, refined minor league baseball identity. As you know, there are a ton of wacky minor league identities out there. I forget who the Naturals were playing when we were there. It might have been, you know, it's the Tulsa Drillers. That's not a not a real silly one. So, uh, but there are a lot of silly ones out there. As a resident of the area, as a you know, this being your local team, what's your what's your feeling on the the more serious approach to minor league branding as compared to some of these uh, wacky brands out there? like a lot of things i can see both sides of it but as a, as a, a professional that loves to go there to uh, let it all hang out I, I like the less serious part of it yeah i like the fun part of it and I, I mentioned you know having a beer you know that's that's always part of going to the ball field for me is having that adult beverage and uh, having some fun and you know of course you know at the other team you know the, the guys in black and white and tell them they did, made a wrong call but <laughs> i get it you know it is a business it is there to hopefully uh, elevate those players to the next level uh, and I would be remiss. And I, I did look up my favorite uh, player that I, I saw when they first started, Mike Moustakas, who was <laughs> actually in your home state for a very short time mm -hmm. and now moved out to the West Coast. But uh, when you get there and you know, they introduce 
uh, moose. <laughs> uh, they come out there, and then you, I got to see them in the in the World Series on the on the television a couple of years later with the with the Royals, the parent club of, of the Nationals. That's always great to see some player elevate and go to the next level and do well. And you can say, you know, I saw that guy and I paid seven dollars. <laughs> You know, there's one element of this new brand that was, uh, you know, one of eight different alternate marks. That is the, they called it the helicopter seed. And I remember this from my childhood in Philadelphia, right? Like it falls off the tree and it's spinning around like a helicopter and you try to catch them. There's all sorts of like fun games you can play with these things. Well, that that logo in the new suite of logos like totally brought me back to my childhood is that right. uh you know is that something like when you see that helicopter seed is that something you associate with nature in arkansas i do in fact those uh come off my neighbor's tree and go right on my deck every year so i love <laughs> i can remember as a kid collecting them and saving them in ziploc bags to use them later so yeah huge part of my childhood and probably why i'm a park ranger today <laughs> so one last question. Let's get into that. You are a park ranger. Your job is to help visitors to Arkansas or folks who live there in Arkansas connect to the natural beauty of the state of Arkansas. What does that mean to you to to get to do that professionally, to connect people to to this this beautiful state of yours? That's a long I could give you a very long answer. <laughs> Go on. So here lately, uh my 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 mission is always to to connect with people and to use a term you you might uh, appreciate uh, emotional connections and intellectual connections to the resource so that resource could be those those winged uh, seeds you're talking about it could be a waterfall it could just be the first time someone's been out and seen the night sky i'm aware that other folks have not been as, as lucky as i have to be born in in a wide open space and have spent time every day in the outdoors so to get someone that's either in their first visit or their millionth visit to the natural state, to a state park, to a, to a city park, and show them something, watch the eyes spark. That's what gets me to the day, to, through the day. That's what brings me to work every day. And more and more learning more about how to make those things more accessible to everyone. So when I work in a state park system that does not charge admission, that, that removes a barrier. So all those things, came into why I do what I do and why I will do it till I retire or, uh, you know, as we like to call it, drop dead, the drop dead plan. <laughs> I get paid in smiles and sunsets. I read that in college and uh, it's so true. And every day when you get to meet a visitor, connect them to something, whether it's someone from the West Coast saying, I've never seen a cart or someone from the East Coast that uh, has never seen wide open spaces because they grew up in an urban environment. You know, mm -hmm. those things are so precious. To the, some of us take that for for granted, and I try to remember every day that I've I've been very fortunate, and it's really my career to share that with others, and sometimes just make it a safe place for them to do so. Well, I sprung that question on you, Jay, and I knew that you'd have an eloquent answer for it, so I certainly appreciate that. Indeed, it is a beautiful place. I got to spend some time there a, a couple of times over the last few years. A couple of visits to Little Rock, including one where you and I got to go see the Arkansas Travelers play. And then, of course, as you mentioned, it was part of our baseball Palooza trip a couple of years ago, and we got to take in that ball game. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about your passion for the state of Arkansas and the natural beauty in that state. Where can people find uh, you and or Arkansas State Parks online? ArkansasStateParks.com. Easy. That is pretty easy. Jay Schneider, thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. And go Naturals.
right, everyone. Welcome back. Of course, it is Dan Simon, designer extraordinaire of Studio Simon. So many amazing logos that we have talked about already on this podcast. Dan, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Uh, well, happy holidays. As this this stumper is being recorded, we are right between Christmas and New Year's. Um, great time of year. I get to spend it with my family, my immediate family all together, which is uh, infrequent now. So this is very much enjoyed. Well, I am here in Philadelphia for the holidays where... I really love that when you wake up in the morning, all you have to decide is, do I wear my Eagle sweatshirt or my Philly sweatshirt? Because that's what everyone is wearing here. Dan, we're talking about the Northwest Arkansas Naturals today. This is uh, uh, not a wacky brand. It's a more serious brand. But then, of course, they have all the ties to Tyson Chicken. And so they've got like sort of chicken themed things. But they also have the beautiful natural landscape of Northwest Arkansas. So I'm curious to see where you're going with today's Stumper. Well, the name for this team, the Naturals, derives from two things. One, which you just alluded to, which is the natural beauty of the state of Arkansas and maybe specifically the Northwest area of Arkansas. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Arkansas is referred to as, if not officially known as, the natural state. And the other thing I think which comes as no surprise to baseball fans that it comes from is the the movie The Natural. Um, if not the movie specifically, a baseball player being considered a natural. Um, but I, I would imagine it, it it's specifically from that movie. It's one of the most well known and and highly regarded baseball films ever made. Um, and because of that. It is going to be the subject of not just one, but two stumpers today. So we've got a double stumper. A uh, double stumper to kick off the new year. Right. So here we go with the first one. At the beginning of the movie, Robert Redford's Roy Hobbs character, he's supposed to be a 19-year-old pitching prospect on his way to a tryout with the Chicago Cubs. At the time of the movie, uh, I will just say this, Robert Redford was not 19 years old. So um, he was somewhat older. Now, I, I should point out that later in the movie, the movie picks up when he's 35 years old. But for this scene, he's 19 years old and, and does not appear to be 19 years old. So our Studio St Simon Stumper, the first of today's Studio Simon Stumpers asks, how old was Robert Redford when The Natural was filmed. Hmm. Was he A, 33, B, 40, hmm. or C, 47? I'm going to say he was not 47. I think he was younger than that. I think he was, and 33 is, I think the idea of a 33-year-old playing a 19-year-old is not too remarkable in Hollywood, especially with makeup, even back then. I'm going to say 40. You said it's, uh, it's, not remarkable that a 33-year-old would play a 19-year-old. And also, I would go so far to say is it's preposterous for a 47-year-old to be playing a 19-year-old. So let's do the math. Um, the Natural came out in 1984, but the filming of the movie was done in 1983. 
Robert Redford was born in 1936. Do you want to do the math or shall I? I've already done the math. So he was 47? He was 47 years old. <laughs> well, preposterous is a good word for it. That, that right. is, uh, that is, that's incredible. Yeah, I remember watching that movie. I am a man of a certain age. I saw it in the theaters when it came out. And, you know, Robert Redford is a very handsome man. Um, at, even back then, he, he still looked younger than his actual chronological age. But I was not buying that he was basically an old teenager in that in that particular scene. Uh, um, but one of the things I, I do want to point out about Robert Redford playing um, this role, Robert Redford looked like, no pun intended, a natural. Yeah. Um, and not only was he able to act like he was a legitimately athletic baseball player, according to his IMDb page, Redford lost his college baseball scholarship from the University of Colorado due to drunkenness. Now, I know no more about that story, but I'm just pointing this out because he was good enough to earn a D1 baseball scholarship. Um, so he was legitimately a pretty good baseball player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, to actually have played at that level, I think, would would make you, as you say, a natural. By the way, you pointed out that the the nickname for this team comes from you know not only the fact that that Arkansas is the natural state and then of course the movie the natural you know is just something that sort of generally pervades baseball but there is a specific connection here between the Northwest Arkansas Naturals and the movie the Naturals which was that the team ownership one of their former teams was the Buffalo Bisons and their ballpark is where the natural much of the natural anyway was filmed so there actually is a direct connection to the natural, the movie, uh, and this Northwest Arkansas team. It's sort of a several degrees of separation connection, but it is a connection. There's a straight line or a crooked line. And are you not wearing a Buffalo Bison's cap today? Ooh, what a weird thing. I wasn't even doing that on purpose. It's just one of the caps that I, I brought on this trip with me. And yeah, I'm I'm wearing the Buffalo Bison's right now. Yet another another connection. It's a New Year's miracle. Right. So um, <laughs> let's move into our the nightcap of our double stumper. So early in the movie, um, I'm, Roy Hobbs is on a train bound from South Dakota, where he lived, to Chicago, where he's about to have a tryout with the Cubs. Um, and as it's making the train is making its way to Chicago, they they have a stop. You would think to refuel, but I actually point out that this was in 19, this would have been 1923. So I believe they were specifically taking on water, which was necessary for a steam locomotive uh, to operate. In the movie, it did give everyone on the train, all the passengers, the time to deboard or disembark. And there was a carnival in a field right next to the railroad tracks. Um, and at that carnival, there is a bet made between the scout that is traveling with Roy Hobbs and a newspaper reporter who is traveling with a character, I'm going to say his name later, but it was a character based on Babe Ruth, you know, a legendary slugger. And there is a bet made between the sports writer traveling with this Babe Ruthian character 
and the scout who is bringing Roy Hobbs to Chicago for his tryout. And the bet is that the this young pitching prospect could strike out um, this uh, legendary slugger. Now, I'm not going to say how that ends, but what I am going to do is ask our second stumper question of the day, which is, what was the nickname of this Babe Ruth-inspired character? Was it A, the Crusher, B, the Swatter, or C, the Whammer? I'm going to say the Crusher sounds more like a circa 1985 wrestling character. The Swatter... Babe Ruth was the Sultan of Swat. So maybe if they're trying to tie to Babe Ruth, Swat would be would be a sort of wink and a nod to to that. And then the Whammer, the Whammer was my first instinct. I I thought Whammer would be would be pretty good because it sounded sort of like uh of that era. But I think the only the only the only actual sussing I can do is that the 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 word SWAT does have a tie to Babe Ruth, so I'm going to say because he was the Sultan of SWAT, SWATter is the answer. Well, I hooked you in with that one. <laughs> um, that is why I put that one in uh, um, for that exact reason. So you know what? Your reasoning was really good, and perhaps that would have made a better nickname for this character. But I mentioned that I wasn't going to say what the character's name was until after asking the question and he was walter wambold philadelphia athletics fictitious slugger the whammer as i mentioned i saw that movie in the theaters and i remember when they named him when they mentioned he was the whammer immediately my brain thought they could have done better than the <laughs> whammer um, the the long standing debate on this uh, on this segment of the podcast is do I go with my first instinct and whammer was my first instinct and I talked myself out of it. I used to have a rule of thumb for this, which was go with your first instinct. Yeah. But one of the things I'm seeing is that just it doesn't hold true. It's no. it's it's hit or miss on all of these. There are no no rules and no whys, no wherefores. Just give it your best shot. I think that going with my first instinct is 100% effective 50% of the time. <laughs> well put. Dan, I'm 0 for 2 to start 2024, but that's okay because it's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And to that end, we will see you next week right back here for the Studio Simon Stumper, an international Studio Simon Stumper next week. Thanks for being here. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year to you as well and to all of you out there listening to the Baseball by Design podcast. Happy New Year to all of you. <laughs>